He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Thank you so much for this time. And you shall the gathering of the people be. And where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in your midst. Be in our midst this morning in a very powerful way. Holy Spirit, let your presence be tangible. Take over this vessel of clay. Let the power of the Most High overshadow me. And let the which comes out of me be the word of God. Let the word be a sword. Cutting asunder. Soul and spirit. Dividing. Bone and marrow. And descending every thought. Your word is power. Your word is spirit. Your word is life. Let it be so in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Thank you. I'm a vessel of clay. Use me for the will of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Yeah. It's always a privilege to preach God's word. Amen. Amen. And I'm praying that God Himself will minister to all of us. I'm told that this past month has been about the family. It is a good topic. In this day and age, the family is under siege. Satan would like to destroy families. And Satan, I believe, is personally against marriage. And the Bible says one of the signs of the last days will be that they will forbid people to marry. First Timothy 3, the Bible says, perilous and difficult times will come. And it lists one of the signs is that marriage will be forbidden. And when the Bible says marriage will be forbidden, as for me, 
I can see the signs already. Now you know the world's important people, people who have been to school, noble men, noble women are saying marriage is not between a man and a woman. Marriage is between what you choose. It can even be a dog. And Christians are getting confused because they are looking at the nobility of people and they are looking at the uh, education of people and they are looking at their standing in society and they are saying if this person believes it surely it must be something good but in the bible whenever paul was persecuted the bible would say the type noble people noble women in the town who were highly esteemed are the people that will be used against God's people. And in our day, when people marry, it's like there's no fear of God. When you marry after three weeks, if it's difficult, you just check out. I mean, we swear by force. I've seen people marry six weeks. Six months they are off. One year they are off. Sometimes I've had the privilege of speaking to some people. They say they love God. They say they know God. They say they want to do God's work. But they want to leave their wives. Because she's hindering the ministry. I don't know what verse that is. The Bible says, Summer and winter, day and night in life will never cease. It didn't say when you come across hardships. Go and look for a cooler place. But that's the generation we are seeing today. And we have good reasons like the world. In fact, our counseling is sometimes not based on the word of God, but it's based on human logic. No wonder it doesn't stand. Jesus said if we want to build houses that will stand, the foundation must be the word of God, not your ideas. Marriage is God's idea. The family is God's idea. And you can't use your experience to torpedo God's word. And I pray today that we will look at God's word and follow it. The first marriage was instituted by God in the Garden of Eden. God did not even involve Adam in the choice. Adam didn't know he had a problem. Adam didn't know he had a deficiency. 
So God just puts him to sleep, no involvement. Because God had said everything was good. But it was not good for man to be alone. It was God's decision to create Eve. And yet in these days we see on trucks, on shops, fear woman. Woman is evil. And look. And uh, the Bible says that uh, Eve was evil. And he could have used animals to fill the loneliness of Adam. He could have created a steam to meet Adam's needs. But he didn't create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. And today, when you say that, in the so called civilized society, you are put to jail. Because they say it's hate speech. But I didn't write the Bible. And it is not my wisdom. It is the wisdom that comes from above. And that is God's wisdom. I am not surprised. Last year I was in Australia with my husband. And as we were going to um, the church service, the Sunday morning, to go and preach. And there was a Sunday newspaper at the breakfast place. It was a Catholic school. And they were saying, Every day, Jesus, Jesus. And every day, He's a man. We have to create a female Jesus. And we will call Him Jesus. I saw it live. And I carried the newspaper to Ghana. But even when I got to the church, the pastor showed me and said, This is pathetic. Look at where our nation has something to do. Then, last month or so, I saw that raging fires have touched Australia. And they are not able to turn the fires off. I do not know the reason, but as I read the news, I saw that some Christian pastors were saying that this respect for God has gone too far. And now they are facing a problem that technology, development, and we're saying it's time to go back I believe that God is shaking himself and the more we defy God and defy that which he has instituted especially the family we are going to have more and more Climate change things we cannot deal with. Just yesterday they said there's storm Dennis in the UK. And now 
Because of that, there should be no flights. Some flights have been cancelled. Some people have died in the floods. Coronavirus is everywhere. In spite of all our development and our maturity of mind, it's time to return to God. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we are now proud and we are above God's words. And we have so many excuses and reasons why we are right. But everything that exalts itself above the word and the knowledge of God is not of God. It's time for God's church to return and to respect what God respects. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I this morning, okay. I want to speak to you about my home, my house. My house. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. I hope you know the books of the Bible. Because if you don't, this these days. The Bible is being used for so many things. And we must study His words so that we can rightly divide the words. I'm reading from Amplified Version. For I have known. Maybe I should read from 18 so that since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him. And shall bless themselves by him. Because I have known, chosen, and acknowledged him as my own. So that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous so that the Lord may grant Abraham what he has promised him. Now many points come out from these few scriptures. God said He knew and chose Abraham. And he knew that he will command his children and his household and home after him. And that they shall keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment. And that when Abraham has done that, the Bible says, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken. So your life and your conduct in your home and house affects God's promises 
and the fulfillment of his promises in your life. And God had said that he would make him a great and mighty nation. He had said, All the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him. And people will bless themselves. Will be blessed themselves. And he said that all these things will have been a great nation, a mighty nation, the rest of nations being blessed through him. It's because he will command his children and his household after God. I didn't say because verse 19 says, For I know you. I will make him great, I'll make him a great nation because I know you. And I know him as somebody who will command his household after me. So in our homes, in our houses, God chooses high priests. Abraham was not a pastor. Abraham was not an evangelist. Abraham was a shepherd and a businessman. But when we read about them and their work with God, we always think that they were pastors. But they were ordinary men and women like you and I. And they could walk with God in a very special and significant way. And that should be happening in our homes. In our homes today, we have many absentee fathers. None ever. Amen. Amen. Absentee, they are not there. They don't even stay at you, but they are not there. We have non Abrahamic homes. It may not be our fault. It may be our fault. But God is calling us back. Amen. Amen. To the beginning. And to how it ought to be. Many men in homes have abdicated the spiritual kindness of the home to ladies. And it's like to nature the children, the things of God is the woman's uh, 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 duty. But first of all, God didn't say, I know Sarah. I know Abraham. That he would teach and he would command his children. Because the man is based the head of the home. But the headship of the home is not just so that we will sing to you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. No, we will acknowledge you, but every position comes with responsibility. So God made you the head so that you will take the head in spiritual things also. My father was a very busy man. And he was a very um, successful businessman. And we were 13 children. And if you counted cousins and other people they brought in, we can easily be 20. 
Amen. Amen. But when I look back, I can remember even hymns my father taught me. I can remember stories my father taught me. I can remember his commandments. Then, if you have a chapel Sunday, if this has your go to church on Sunday, and if you are not going, then forget about eating. It's not coming up. And not only that, you will not be treated kindly. I know Abraham. My father commanded us to church, whether we liked it or not. At the point where we even became teenagers, we used to go late. Because we say, oh, daddy, eh. The car is full, so you go, we'll come on our own with our brothers in the other cars. And then my brothers would be like, ah, because they don't like going to church. And then they will go late. Just before offering. So when the singing band starts to sing, they will come round with our offering. And we'll see my father in the front row. Nothing with approval that we came. Even was under duress. He still commanded his household. And he still taught his household. But many of us, when it comes to school, we think it's important. When it comes to education, we think it's important. But when it comes to spiritual things, we don't become Abraham. We give our role to the women. That's not God's calling. That's not God's intention. Can God say about you, brother, that I know Abraham? I know brother Kojo. I know Quasi Mensa that he will command his household, his children, and his household. Because your household is often bigger than your children. And they must all be commanded in the ways of God. And they must all be taught in the ways of God. I remember my father reading morning devotion. That's where I learned the Lord is in this holy temple. When you hear that playing, then you know that it's time to get up and assemble. Because he will stand in his cloth and then he'll be singing. The Lord is in his holy temple. The world joy. Let all the earth keep silent. Before him, he my father was not an evangelist. My father may not have been a saint. But he commanded his children. One of my brothers was writing a tribute. And he wrote that, Daddy, you were like a compass. And the coordinates of the compass guided us home. Even when we stray, where are the Abrahams? Sometimes you say, Oh, but I'm a single mother. I don't have an Abraham in my house. When that happens, you step in. Because sometimes 
Maybe the children have lost their father. But there is no father. But it still behoves us to command the children in our household after us. So he says that for I know Abraham that he will command his children and his household and home after him. After him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. So it depends on how you are. And whether your children can follow how you are. If every Sunday you go and eat on Mutu, you have become an Esau. You have put food before God. And it cannot be a blessing. Maybe Esau was a courage. Your own is on May the Lord deliver us. Amen. Amen. And the reason why God says we should command our children in that way is so that He will fulfill the promises that He has promised towards us. So I want to encourage the brothers this morning. Rise up and step up your game. Step up to the plate. And do what God has called you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 68, verse 6 says God sets the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. The Christian home is a home where. We set people in the family. It is God who created the family concept. Now, our experiences are so different. Every home you go to is not what we see in the Bible. But we can still believe God to give us grace to start all over again. Some of us were in the world and we made poor choices. When God said, do not fornicate, he fornicated on this whole equipment and then the consequences sometimes you thought that you were on top of the world but it was a deception of the enemy and then when you realized that Satan had tricked you it seemed it was too late but with God it's never too late my home, my home my house, my home or my home, my house Amen Amen and I believe that we can bring God back. The first one we needed was attacked to follow God's plan. The first home in the Garden of Eden was attacked by the serpent. And the home is still under attack from the enemy. One day the young lady that we never before. who had gotten so hooked onto pornography. And when I went into it, 
At a very tender age. She saw her father's iPad. And she saw all the things on it. And that is how come she got hooked. She told of them have said they see their father's phones. And then it corrupts your child. Sometimes we live as if we are living to please men. But God, the righteous judge, the Bible says, all things are naked unto him. Everything we have to do. The Christianity of today is based on men pleasing and eye service. But God wants us to be aware that his eyes are everywhere. And when the home is attacked, then the family is attacked, and the nations are attacked, and the world is attacked, and Satan knows that. Amen. Amen. Now, when we look at Acts 3, verse 25, here are the children, here are the children of the prophets. And of covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham. And in thy seed shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed. God's way of blessing us seems to be a long family line. Because these people are children of the prophets. They became children of the covenant which God had made with their fathers. And through that, the seed of these children was to be blessed. So we should see how it goes from one person to the other. And receive grace to build a Christian home and house. Amen. Amen. God didn't say Abraham would uh, pamper his children after him. He said he will command and he will teach. And this is very important. Genesis 17 23. Abraham took Ishmael his son. And all were born in his house and all that were bought with his money every male among the men of Abraham's house and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self same day as God has said unto him our fathers have to do as God has said unto them. Abraham was spoken to by God to do the circumcision. But he rose up and took Ishmael and everyone born in his house and everything that he had. And he lined them up with what God had told him. Amen. Amen. And that is how it should be. If you are a father of a home, and you never read your Bible, your life is a Bible. 
to the children and they will grow up accordingly now I know that you like to blame the woman and to say that you, you don't bring up your children well but that's not what the Bible says the Bible says Abraham will command his children after God Amen Amen it is important that we all play our role. You have to command children. Abraham even commanded concerning Isaac's marriage. He called his servant Eliezer. And he said, Go to this place and look for a wife for my son Isaac he shouldn't marry from around here because when God called me out he didn't say that we should mingle with strange flesh some of us would have said oh it's convenient just choose whatever you find easily but that's not God's plan God said if and if it takes a long journey, you go. And the servant asked, What if the lady I get says that she will not come with me? So that would be different. You would have done your part. And it doesn't matter. What if I don't find anybody? Abraham said, If you don't find anybody, you are guiltless of my oath. This is the extent to which Abraham commanded his son. Let me ask our dear brothers. Do you know your children's friends? Do you talk to them about their choices? Or it's always discipline and criticism and a hard hand. Yes, we need it. But we also need a balance. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Now, before we even get to that, what is the wise role? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. Every wise woman builds her house. But the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Amen. Amen. Every wise woman builds her house. But the foolish one tears it down. When you look at Proverbs 31, you see that the virtuous woman's duties are not easy. Her departments are so many. And it will take the grace of God. For her to be able to fulfill all. The Bible says. The heart of her husband doth fully trust her. She will do him good and not evil. All the days of her life. Even when he doesn't deserve it. Amen ladies. Some of you and a lot of you are not married. 
Can I do this? Can I do somebody who I'm anointed with? Can I do him good all the days of my life? If you can't, you are not ready to marry. Marriage is hard work. Usually we say power. So we feel like something that is there already. It's like you are going to Augustine. So you just go. But it is you who is coming to build the kind of home you want. It is not something that's already there. And every building project takes time. And every building project takes investment. And every building project takes stress. And every building project takes energy. And every building project takes trial and error sometimes. So if a wise woman is going to build, she should expect all these setbacks. Amen. Amen. Now, if you are not able to build, you should expect all these setbacks. when a man has found a wife. Not when he has found a female. Not when he has found a girl. But when he has found a wife. A wife is different from a female. Amen. Amen. And you must ask yourself, young ladies, am I ready to be a wife or a girl? A side chick is different from a wife. Amen. Amen. So stop criticizing the wife because you are just all your things are signed. It's not the main thing. Amen. Wise woman built a hand. Virtuous woman. In Proverbs 31. The Bible says she rises up early. She does not eat the bread of idleness. She gives food to her household and to her maidens. Her candle never goes out. She she spins the the distaff. She weaves things in the house to go and sell. She looks well to the waist of her household. When it's winter, she's already prepared. After that, she goes to the merchant ship to go and sell her things. After that, she considers the field and she buys it. Brothers, the virtuous woman considers the field and buys it. Yeah. When you have your wife considers the field and buys it, don't fight her. Don't see it as insecurity. Don't see it as disrespect. Yeah. See it as virtue. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I didn't write the Bible. She considers the field. She thinks about what she's doing. She says, Oh, it's yielding some profit. Why don't I now buy a field to expand the business? It's not a good attack. 
against your lordship and your kingship. Amen, brothers. Amen. A wise woman builds with her hands. You see, I like Mama Stetua because Peter said she does this, she does this, she does this. At the end of the day, it comes to say, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, a woman that fears the Lord, not a woman who wears miniskirts, not a woman, not a woman who wears lipstick, not a woman who paints her face, not a woman who dresses so cheap, a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who fears the Lord. Amen. When you come to church, you are so charming. Oh, ah. When we call you, yes, they are so charming. You are very nice. What so much that you charm people. Now, what you for imagining? And charm is deceitful. The Bible has said it. As for charm, brothers, it's a prophecy. You will be deceived. Amen. Amen. When we say, Can I have a cup of water? You come running. And you say, Pastor, would you care for fruit juice as well? And you say, Oh, Pastor, are you sure? I have different varieties of fruit juice. Then I did now. When I say the fear of God, it's 
like, oh, we wanted you to say something powerful. But without the fear of God, you will be unfaithful. And they wouldn't be you go to the office, you are having an affair there. Because you don't fear God. You are lying to your husband. The fear of the Lord is not there. So when you talk to your husband, anyhow. Meanwhile, the Bible has shown how we should even speak to each other. The fear of the Lord is not there, so you can't walk in forgiveness. That is why you need the fear of the Lord. Ladies, the fear of the Lord will make you submit to your husband. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Are we there? Ephesians 5, verse 22. Some people don't like this verse. I believe it has been misused. Let's read from 21. Be subject one to another out of reverence for Christ. Be subject one and one to another out of reverence for Christ. King James says, submitting yourselves one to another out of reverence for God. Before God speaks about submission in Ephesians 5.22 He talks about submission one to another Out of reference for God If you don't look at it from the perspective of reverence for God Then in the time that you don't have reverence for your husband You don't have reverence for your wife You will fully misbehave But out of reverence for God Almighty We submit one to another Before it comes to verse 22 And says why Submit yourselves unto your own husband. So submission is not for only wives. It's for one another. And then after that, the wife has the added responsibility. Submitting herself. My home, my house. This is how a woman should conduct herself in accordance with God's word. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. It doesn't say, husbands, make your wives submit. Husbands, you slap to get her to submit. Husbands, you some kicking. To get to submit. Husbands, use threats to get her to submit. It says, wives, submit yourselves. God puts the power in your hands to be submissive. He says, submit yourselves unto your own husband. I say that many wives. 
are good at submitting to their pastors. Submitting to their cell leader. Submitting to their boss at work. But when it comes to the husband, it's a problem. That's what the Bible says, your own. You are good at submitting to other people's husbands. But what about your own? And in the home. And if you will. Haven't said that. But In just one sermon. I can't say everything. So sometimes we are to submit. But sometimes the context in which the submission is complete. It calls for some wisdom. What I call abigailism. Or what my husband calls abigailism. You need the wisdom of Abigail to survive in a difficult marriage. You need the wisdom that comes from above. As you are submitting, you also need wisdom to maneuver. Abigail had a very foolish husband. I didn't say the Bible said. And his name meant fool. His name means fool. So when I think about Abigail, you are wise. How did you marry a fool whose name is a fool? But sometimes the sisters they use their emotions and they use other foolish things. They shout their wisdom and they choose a neighbor. And when she found herself in that situation, I don't Abigail knew that she needed to exercise divine wisdom. She wasn't wicked to neighbor. She wasn't ungodly to neighbor. But she knew that if she went fully under neighbor's leadership, certain things will not work. So, when she heard that David had come to ask Nabal for food, and Nabal just insulted them like, how oh, a lot of you insult men of God in church. Some of you foolish wives, you will join the husband to insult God's servants. You think that uniting with him in foolishness is love. But it's a deception from the enemy. Abigail took some food. Abigail fed the enemy. Sent it ahead to David and his army. Then she rode after them. And when she saw David, she knelt. And begged him for David's life. And the life of his household. And what did David say? David said, Blessed be this thy advice. David said, Woman of God, when you give advice, can God's people say, Blessed be thy advice? Or you give advice and say, Amen. Amen. Blessed be that. And because of that, she saved her household. And 
husband passed away. But it wasn't through David's attack that he was praying. That would have been worse. So by her wisdom, she maneuvered out of a difficult man. And still kept a good heart towards neighbor. I pray that God will grant you. James 1 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberty and upbraideth not. Wisdom is a prayer topic you can ask for. And it will be answered because it's God. We need wisdom, ladies. Especially when you are in difficult situation. And only God can do that. Submission is God's idea. It may not be popular in our current world, but it is God's idea. God said you should submit. He told the husband. So we talk about fathers. We are not talking about wives and mothers. And we are talking about husbands. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. 25. Ephesians 5 25. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify, number one. First of all, he loves the church. You must love your wife. And then he gave himself to his wife. My goodness. It's worse than what uh, people have to do for submission, what ladies have to do. And then number three, that he might sanctify the wife. With the washing of water by the word. Accusations, accusations, fault finding, but with the washing of the word. Why? So that you will present her to yourself. What you put in the wife, you get out. She is like a computer. If you put garbage in, you will get garbage. Out. Amen. Amen. And so, that is the duty of a husband in our home and in our houses. Finally, Ephesians 6. Verse 1 and 2. Amen. Amen. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you. No, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with you. And that you may live long on the earth. Amen. Amen. It is not children, obey your mother and leave your father out. It is not children, obey your father and leave your mother out. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because it is right. It doesn't matter what the internet is telling you. It doesn't matter what your foolish friends are saying in your school. 
remember one of my daughters when she says something and I say, Your foolish friends are talking to them. Do you know them? Who are you judging them? I said, just from the statement, I can see they are foolish. Amen. Children, you see, it's not everything children understand. Even when you think you understand. Your processing is, is at a very low level. I want to know of him. You will understand things better by and by. Obey so God just says to you, Obey your parents in the Lord. And honor your father. He didn't say honor your father who looked after you. He didn't say honor your father who paid your school fees. He didn't say honor your father who was nice to you. He didn't say honor your who you saw from birth and, and don't honor know. the one that you met at the age of 20 God doesn't put any condition please honor your father and your son and you know why that is maybe well with you that is maybe well with you that being well with you did not necessarily come from the parents but God who sees who causes to be well with you amen I remember I wanted to be I wanted a shortcut in life so I wanted to choose a course that is very fast. So when I looked, I saw that government secretaries had a course and it was for 18 months. So I thought about it. Why should I go to university? For so many years, when I can find a work in 18 months, I'll be why? But because you know our parents are smart, yeah, I thought about it and I told my father, I want to meet you. He said, Okay, so when I came, I said, Daddy, I've seen that my interest, just said, I'm meant to be a bilingual secretary. And also, you see that my French is very good. So I want to go to government secretariat. And even the course is 18 months. And my father said, No. Go to university. You have chosen law in the University of Ghana. You have gotten it. Not everybody gets it. In those days, they used to choose only 40 people. And you have gotten it. And now you are saying, you don't want to go here, you want to go here. As a father, I have decided, you will do the law. And then after, you will do the 18 months secretary. So you will become what you want to become. But before then, you will do the first one. I was powerful. I said to the family friend. When the family friend came, she also said to my dad, children should go according to their strengths. The children's interests should not be put aside. But now when I look back, it wasn't interest though. It was shortcuts. Just the you know, what is all this? I can see myself. 
I said, nice secretary with my husband standing by the way. You see, my vision, I didn't even see that I had a cow standing by the wayside. The vision is not far. And thank God for a father with a son. Whether you understand it, whether you agree, whether you don't agree, this is my way. Thank God. Because when I did the law, I enjoyed it. And when after I tried to even do typing, it wasn't. So thank God for parents who can overcome your foolishness. I know that not all parents have been responsible. But God says, honor them. I have come to see that one of the ways Satan attacks you is by giving you a good reason not to honor your parents and his plan is to put you in a trap but take God's word even when it doesn't make sense take God's word because he has been there before creation and make war with his word and it will bring you to a good place I'm dialing some of your numbers today some of you have nothing your fathers. A few have nothing to do with their mothers. And God is saying, honor your father. It doesn't matter that he was a drunkard and he embarrassed you in the whole town. Honor your father. Honor your father. That was a question. So do scripture has said. I read this in one of our churches in Switzerland, this verse. And during the question and answer time, a young boy asked me, Say, Reverend, why is it that when our parents are speaking to us, they read only Ephesians 6 1 and 2, and they leave out verse 4? Because verse 4 says, Fathers, and, 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 ye fathers. Provoke not your children to wrath. God knows that He gives fathers authority. And He knows that every authority can be misused. And God for strong fathers. We need that balance. But the Bible is also saying that because of your authority and what where you are. You have the tendency to provoke your children. So that things that they wouldn't have done because of your provocation, you set them up to do. I remember growing up and because I was so devoted to scripture union, going for meetings, 
One day my father called me and told me that his friend has told him that I've gone to join a church called Naked I Came. And that I belong to a cult. That is why I go so faithfully. Because everybody else then was an unbeliever. I was very hurt. But as I loved God and I was serving how could my father say that about me. I cried so much. But from that tender age, I've always known that it's only in my closet that issues will be solved. Another time, a week after I came and he said, every time you are going for this, your meetings, you don't want to be late. I think you have met some man. It is a way she has a very I said, no met any man. I came back, I said they are doing camp, scripture union camp. Then you want to go there so that you will see the man and then there are dormitories and you will sleep there. It does not even occur to me. And my service of God is because I fear God, not you. Amen. And lots of us, our parents don't even know our real lives. But you know, in those days, the first time. Rejoice that you are found worthy to be persecuted. For the master's sake, that was our best. So when my father was saying all these things, accusations, I'll just go to my house and say, Lord, I just rejoice that I can suffer persecution for you. Thank you. So I continue. Even when I was getting married, my mother told me that the family member says that the reason why I want to get married, my charismatic pastor is because we are in a cult and being issues. I really felt like giving it to my father. I wanted to tell him, unto the pure, all things are pure. And because your mind is not correct, that's why you are thinking about all these things. But Ephesians 6 says, honor your father and your mother. It's not about how they are behaving, it's just about honor. So I decided to hold my feet and let God fight for me. And boy, did he fight for me. Later, I'll hear my father say, You ask his friend, Who back up restaurant? And then the friends will say, Hey, who back this year? They have problems. You have a lot of problems. Later, my dad was even calling me as his counselor. Calling me to his bed, you knew that I have this problem. Pray for me. The naked I came here has now become a minister. But that was provocation. That was intense provocation. And my siblings who were not born again. So we say, I mean, what is all this? One day, one of my sisters called my father to a Trust people. When people get to a place, you have to trust them. When people get to a place, you have to trust them. I was so afraid. And I was thinking, wow, 
What's going to be the outcome? The house was quiet. Because my dad had provoked us. And when somebody calls and says, Young man, why are you calling my daughter at seven? Too early. You bang the phone. What is that? Embarrassing us. So when my sister spoke, I said, No, things are going to change in the house. The place was quiet. And my father asked her, Amy. My father said yes. My father said, I have an answer for you. We are going to die up now. Today my father is not alive. But we honor him. We honor him even before he went. Turn around homes. 
Turn around marriages. Turn around relationships. And every repetitive generational curse is broken by the power of God. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for Christ-centered hopes and families. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are here this afternoon. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. You may be even a church member. But you are playing games with God. This message is not just about having a nice life, it's about knowing that God is your Lord. You want to say this afternoon. Lazy reference. I am not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I'm not serious about the things of God. And I am so conscious of the opinions of men. But this afternoon, I realize that it's an individual choice. And I make a choice for Jesus. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want a new beginning. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to be delivered from going to hell. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lady Reverend, please pray for me. If you are like that this afternoon, just let your hand go higher. Above your shoulders. Let your hand go high up above your shoulders. Forget about who is on your left and who is on your right. Forget about how you are known in the church. God bless you. Let your hand go higher. And if you've lifted your hand, come forward. Give me the opportunity to pray for you to such a life changing experience. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. From everywhere. Just come. Come. There's no need in this life without Christ. It's not about going to church. It's about knowing Jesus. Jesus, I recognize 
that are the sinners. And I can only be saved by your grace. I give you my life. Wash me from my sins. Give me a new heart. A new spirit. A new life. In Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming to die on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. And thank you that by this simple prayer, I have been taken from the hands of Satan and ushered into the hands of Jesus. Thank you for a new beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I lift up these ones that have come to you before the throne of grace. I make war for their souls. May they not fall by the wayside. May they not be plucked by birds of the air, their hearts. May they not fall on ground that has no roots. But may this word fall on good soil in their hearts. Heavenly Father, make war for their souls. Deliver them from the enemy. And cause them to be rooted in you. Thank you for answered prayer. Satan, I come against every plan you have. For each and every life represented here. I bind your works. I release them fully into the fullness of God. I thank you for change by the power of the gospel and the presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.